What is going on everybody? This is Jay Mason. Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Album Cover. Where you get to hear about an album and its importance within the music industry. Thank you guys for tuning in. Like I stated last week, we're going to start looking at albums by the class of 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees. And the first album up is a hip-hop classic by an artist that was taken from us way too soon after two albums. The Notorious B.I.G. and his 1994 debut album, Ready to Die. It was released on September the 13th, 1994, and it was entirely produced by... Bad Boys in-house production team known as The Hitman, which featured the likes of Harv Pierre, Easy Mo B, Stevie J, D-Dot, and the list goes on and on of all the great producers and songwriters that came out of that collection. But I gotta set the scene up for you first for Ready to Die. The year was 1994. West Coast hip-hop was dominating nationwide, and New York was kind of forgotten about. But a great twist of fate happened to a young man by the name of Sean P. Diddy Combs. He was fired from his job at Uptown Records with Andre Harrell and was forced to leave the nest. So therefore, he decided to start a little label called Bad Boy. He ended up securing a distribution deal with Clive Davis and Arister. And Biggie, unbeknownst to many, was signed to Uptown as an artist. And he released the single Party and BS off the Who's the Man soundtrack. So once Diddy got fired from Uptown, Biggie was left at a standstill. And little did we know that Biggie would change the way that MCs would rhyme and have an impact on the music industry. And if you take a look at the album cover, it's of a little baby. And what made the album so significant was that Biggie was a great storyteller. Very vivid pictures and images. And it told the story of, of a person who wanted to make right in his life, but didn't know how. Because all he knew was the streets. And as we saw in the Notorious movie and the stories that have been told about Biggie since his tragic passing in 1997. That he was this close to going back onto the streets because the music thing wasn't panning out. He did a four song demo with 50 Grand, who then passed it on to Mr. C, who's Big Daddy Kane's DJ. And that led to Biggie getting the unsigned hype feature in the legendary hip hop Bible magazine called The Source. And that led to Ready to Die. Only three singles were released off of that album Juicy, Big Papa, with Warning as the B side, and One More Chance, which later exploded. Thanks to the remix, which sampled Stay With Me by The Barge. Juicy, while it was a commercial record, Biggie still had that street edge to the record, which made it good enough for dudes to listen to, and he got the ladies dancing in the clubs. Because prior to that, Biggie was just making songs that were just for mixtapes, while Puff was teaching him how to make songs for the radio, for the clubs, we will get you that mainstream exposure so you can keep that hardcore stuff for the B-sides and mixtapes and underground mix shows. But you need radio-friendly singles in order to be a commercial success. And Ready to Die was a commercial success. And it put New York City back on the map as the hip-hop mecca. Because West Coast hip-hop was dominated and everybody thought New York done fell off. But Biggie... 
as he said in the 95 Source Hip Hop Awards. Brooklyn, we did it. New York, we did it. He took great pride in the fact that New York was back. Now, one of the unfortunate incidents of that infamous award ceremony was that it spawned the East Coast, West Coast beef, which I felt was petty and should not have been started in the first place. And Cooley Heads did prevail eventually, but sadly, it came at the cost of Biggie's life in 1997. He flew out to L.A. to do the Soul Train Music Awards and went to the after party at the Peterson Auto Museum in L.A. Some people close to Biggie were advising him not to go out to California because there was still tension in the air. Tupac was murdered nine months ago out in Vegas in September of 96. And a lot of people felt that Biggie should not have been out in California due to some people still thinking that him and Puff had something to do with Tupac's death. So Biggie went out to a local radio station out in California to... Clear up everything because he wanted to go show love. He wasn't afraid to go out to California, even though everybody was advising him otherwise. He just wanted to set the record straight. And I believe that what that was what he was doing. And as we all know, they were driving along the highway and a car pulled up and shots rang out. Big was shot and then he was later pronounced dead, which was tragic because... Biggie had a whole lot more to give, a whole lot more albums to put out, and he, I feel, was going to take the route of Diddy and become bigger than just rap, be a mogul, have his own business, and we would have never known what a man Biggie would have become had he had the opportunity to grow. Same thing with Tupac, had he had the opportunity to grow be into older age, drop wisdom on younger rappers. But Biggie is still revered, and he's on mostly every MC's top five all-time list. And Ready to Die was a stellar debut for a stellar career that was cut way short due to something so tragic and something so senseless. And that does it for another edition of Beyond the Album Cover. Uh, you can go to Anchor, Spotify, or any other streaming outlet where podcasts can be heard to listen to this episode, along with future episodes. And next week, we're going to take a look at another icon that was taken from us way too soon. She was and still is the voice. I'm talking about Whitney Houston and her 1985 debut album self-titled so keep those records spinning and i'll see you guys next week peace and remember always embrace your mamba mentality rp kobe <laughs>